to another episode of Trans Regret Snoopy Presents the Bible. I have a very special guest with me today. I have Xavier Rotnowski here to speak with me about uh, some psalms, starting with Psalm 24. Welcome, Xavier. Hello, how's it going? It's great. How are you? Doing great. Uh, just uh, enjoying my Sunday. I uh, walked around my neighborhood and bought some books because... Uh, there's a so I recently moved to a very Hasidic neighborhood in Brooklyn. It's the the, the center of the Lubavitch Hasidic community, and um, there was a very big uh, neighborhood specific holiday this past week that I love. So um, in the '80s, there was a local synagogue that started noticing a bunch of their very old, rare books being like uh, disappearing from their library like old manuscripts, old books, and they started appearing in uh, rare book sales and rare book markets around the country. And um, they realized somebody was stealing their books. And so there was this big court case to get the books back and they won the court case. And so it turned into a a very big Lubavitch specific holiday. So, uh, so every year they celebrate this, the, the, the court victory with, um, big book sales. And so there are book merchants on every corner and every uh, bookstore in the neighborhood has big, big deals. Um, and so uh, you can like buy a bunch of books for, they're like 50% off and it's wild. Like the bookstores will stay open till like two in the morning and they're just jam packed. Everyone's in there trying to buy books. So it's a, it's, it's a, it's a really cool book centric holiday. That's really fascinating. I've never heard of anything like that before. Yeah. Um, what books did you pick up? So I actually picked up a uh, book of Psalms. How nice. And yeah. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I wanted to have like an actual book version and, uh, and a Sephardic prayer book. Uh, what, what translation of this? Is, this? is it a specific translation of the Psalms? So uh, it's this, uh, so art scroll is a, is a publisher and they publish some really cool books, really beautiful bound books and usually their translations are uh very beautiful so that's uh that's the uh few pictures i sent you of uh some of the psalms that were in the prayer book were this specific translation that are awesome yeah really really nice now uh before we do get into the psalms um why don't you tell folks a little bit about your background and how faith plays a part in your life my background. What is my background? So, um, I guess, uh, I am a filmmaker and like to make movies and, uh, my faith Well, I grew up Jewish and, um, not particularly religious, but, uh, I don't know in the last, uh, you know, things, things are happening. Things have been happening lately. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't know what, how to really explain it, but, uh, the, there, there is a soul 
we have a soul. That's, mm. that's, that's all, that's all I know. We have a soul. <laughs> that's as far as I've gotten. <laughs> uh, based on your social media, it seems like you have been engaging with scripture in one way or, or another lately. It's been, it's been captivating you in some way. Oh yeah. I mean, it always has, like, I've always, um, been into, you know, scripture, poetry and, and, uh, people who clearly knew things thousands of years ago, um, it, uh, carries over and carries into this day. So it's, uh, people, people knew stuff before our time. There's, uh, there's, it's, uh, people, people got it and, uh, people continue to, to still get it. And, uh, mm-hmm. I want to get it too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's easy for a lot of people who aren't involved with, um, religion in any way to kind of write off religious texts or scripture as uh, kind of stuffy or um, irrelevant or not, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't read to them like a, something that, that um, plays out in their lives in any way. But um, I think that anybody who gives an earnest uh, effort to read scripture, to, uh, to sort of dig into the text, to maybe find a translation that actually speaks to you uh, in, in, in a way that allows you to dig into scripture, we'll find that there is magic uh, at the risk of sounding too mystical. There's, there's no, magic there's no in risk. these words. There, there, is no, there is no risk. That is straight up the case. I want to actually read you a little bit of a paragraph I, I read recently that I love uh, from, uh, hang on, let me get it real quick. So, uh, this is a little, uh, parable, a little, um, story from the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov was a, uh, a Jewish mystic in, I guess it would have been 18th century Eastern Europe, um, Ukraine, kind of Eastern or yeah, Russia. And, um, he was a very... Uh, important guy because uh he reignited this sort of uh inspirational very uh spontaneous creative um mystical approach to uh judaism that ignited the whole hasidic movement and he uh this is a a little tale attributed to him so this is this is quoted in a in a book called uh, God in Search of Man, which is uh, by a really great rabbi named uh, Abraham Joshua Heschel. He was a big rabbi in the, I guess, all throughout the 1900s. Um, I think he died in like 1980 something. But mm-hmm. uh, here he's quoting the Baal Shem Tov. Uh, the perception of the glory is a rare occurrence in our lives. We fail to wonder. We fail to respond to the presence. This is the tragedy of every man, to dim all wonder by indifference. Life is routine, and routine is resistance to the wonder. And then this is quoting the Baal Shem Tov. Replete is the world with a spiritual radiance, replete with, sp- with sublime and marvelous secrets. But a small hand held against the eye hides it all, said the Baal Shem, just as a small coin held over the face can block out the sight of a mountain. So can the vanities of living block out the sight of the infinite light. Wow. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes on to explain that uh, 
this is Rabbi Heschel, he says, in the Bible, callousness is the root of sin. There are many words to express it. Quote, stubbornness of heart, hardness of heart. This is in Deuteronomy in the end, Lamentations. Uh, brazen-faced and stiff-hearted, stout-hearted, uncircumcised in the heart. The heart of the godless is gross like fat, exclaims the psalmist. So, yeah, it really is. It comes down to just being, you know, cynical. Um, it actually, I, I loved reading it because uh, I was a big fan of, I'm a big fan of Norm MacDonald. And he, um, he had a, this great tweet a long time ago that went, let me pull it up real quick. I think I might know which tweet you're talking about. If it's if it's the one that I'm thinking of. <laughs> um, at times, the joy that life attacks me with is unbearable and leads to gasping hysterical laughter. I find myself completely out of control and wonder how could life surprise me again and again and again so completely. How could a man be a cynic? It is a sin. <clears throat> yes, sir, it is. Norm MacDonald had a, a way of cutting through the bullshit uh, very effectively. He was a unique mind and, um, oh, and he's at, yeah, he's sorely missed. I think every, every day the world gets more absurd and more ridiculous. And, um, though his jokes didn't always hit, I think that overall his mind was, um, was unlike any other, but what you brought up about, um, or, or what you read, I shouldn't say the risk of being too mystical because I guess there's not really a risk of being too mystical, but um, I think sometimes... There's a risk of being too blind. That's really the issue that most of us run into in our lives, isn't it? It's, it's that we're unwilling to accept the magical. We're unwilling to accept the spiritual. We're, we're unwilling to um, observe it in our lives and, and see what, you know, what, what um, miraculous things happen to us every day because we're so fixated on the minutia of our lives. We're so fixated on like the, the basics that um, we lose that like beautiful element of, of the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's not just, you know, large, like, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's like, you know, a big, big, you know, loud moments or anything. It's even just tiny little things like, uh, I don't know, even the littlest thing. I think um, in some ways we allow that to happen to ourselves, um, you know, sort of shutting ourselves out of the, the, the spirit because it can feel at times as though God is unreachable, that our prayers aren't being answered or we're not heard or we can't reach out and touch God. You know, God is intangible. Uh, God is, um, God is, uh, it's a slippery sort of notion uh, this, this all powerful creator. Um, this is kind of what our Psalm talks about here. Um, and, and it's, it's this idea of God being behind the gates. It's this idea of God being, um, somewhere else. And theologically, it's actually kind of controversial. I mean, a lot of people would argue that there are no gates, (laughs) that there is no, that there is no separate, uh, area that God is, and God is everywhere. God simply is. Um, mm-hmm. But the uh, you sent me a passage from um, uh, from a, a mystic text 
the the Kabbalah tradition. Is that right? Yeah. So Kabbalah is the sort of uh, yeah Jewish tradition of mysticism that has always been a part of Judaism, um, traditionally orally, just passed on orally, and then over the years codified over the last few thousands of years codified into various books. Um, and the preeminent text is the book of Zohar and, um, which translates to the book of radiance. Um, Zohar is also my Hebrew name. I'm very lucky to have that name. Um, so there is this idea that's expressed in the Zohar that, uh, you know, um, taking from the Psalms and from this specific Psalm and, and from other scripture that, uh, God is in the gates. So, um, quoting from like, I think it was like Ezekiel where all the angels are, are, are saying, uh, you know, glory to God in his place or something like that. And it's, uh, the idea is that even the angels above don't know where God is. They think God is, we think God is above. They think God is below. Hmm. And there's this idea that, um, was this idea that's actually I've, I've come across in various places, uh, seen other people write about it. Other, it, it kind of talked about this idea of like God is in the in-between. So like, what does that mean in the in-between? Like in this, in, in the, in this passage, it's, it's saying God is in the gates. Um, I think the, the Psalm, what was the, what's the quote from the Psalm? Where is it? You mean Psalm 24? Psalm 24, yeah. So it's like... Lift up your heads, O gates. The reference to gates specifically, but there's a lot of mention of, in my translation, of ancient doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that can... And, and that's obviously, you know, there's so much packed into just the idea of gates because gates can also refer to the senses and mm-hmm. our senses, you know, because uh, in other places in the Bible, um, our... Uh, our like uh, our sense perception is, is referred to as like gates and like as like uh, passageways like uh, hollows and there's also the supernal gates so there's like various you know interpretations of gates so like yeah we can like interpret that as like our gates but also the heavenly gates and it's like um, but I'm really into this idea of like. No, like God exists in the gates, like on the gates. Like this is like just kind of thinking about like, you know. Within the gates themselves. Not the gates themselves, because that's, you know, there's no, well, obviously there's no, there's no definition. There's, there's, there can't be a definition of God, right? Mm-hmm. God by definition is definitionless. And yeah. so. God is it, the definition. <laughs> it, and it's like, you know, when you're dealing with ideas of the ultimate, you know these all, all these, all of this comes down to just humans trying to make sense of the infinite, the ultimate, the, the eternal, and it's impossible. Hmm. You know, words will never do justice. Um, I mean, in a way that's kind of what ends up happening with religion is religion is, ends up becoming like a, crusted over sort of um you know exercise of like ritual that becomes dead 
And that's, mm-hmm. I think, what turns religion off from a lot of people is that it's just like old creeds and memorizations and rote learning and all this stuff that takes out the inspiration of the spiritual. And, and you can get lost in all the words. Um, yeah, the, the, the spirit is the mystery is the beautiful thing about faith. Um, it's the, the mystery. The searching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a, the passage in the Zohar in that in in um, uh, regarding this uh, Psalm 24 says the gates mentioned in this passage are the same as the gates in the passage lift up your heads O gates and refer to the supernatural levels by and through which alone a knowledge of the Almighty is possible to man but for which man could not commune with God similarly man's soul cannot be known directly save through the members of the body which are the levels that form the instruments of the soul the soul is thus known and unknown so it is with the holy one blessed be he since he is the soul of souls covered and veiled from all nevertheless through those gates which are the doors of the soul the holy one makes himself known right right and and it and it, there's this idea that it's like you know the ability to uh grasp god is 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 comes down to an individual's level of insight so it's like you're you know it comes down to what you can take you know mm-hmm. if if uh and this is the this is kind of the 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 danger or not danger but it's just like you know this idea of uh um like this is all kind of for our own good like you can't stare directly at uh the infinite light you'll just it's like standing next to a nuclear explosion you know <laughs> like that's why like there are things that we can't fully like we'll never be able to grasp like ultimate truth um because it's just like it's well one i mean well you'd never be able to explain it one Mm -hmm. but two it's like i mean this goes into a whole bunch of like weird mystical or like Kabbalistic ideas of like um, the different realms of, of reality. And there's this idea that there are like, I think it was like five realms and each realm is necessary to veil the light in that the infinite light, the, the Ain Sof, which is like the infinite revelation of like, it's, it's the step before I think like the transcendent God itself, but like, it's the, it's, it's, it's one of the first emanations is this, this idea of like infinite pure light. Like that has to be, um, veiled in order to create the, the, the lesser worlds, um, down to this like physical plane that we're on. Mm-hmm. And without these veils, like it would, nothing could exist. It would just be pure light. We need these veils to, to, uh, to get down to this level. But that being said, there are within this reality itself. It's not like this is above or this is below or whatever. It's, it's almost like we're in them. It's all like, like, it's not even like a a question of space or distance. It's literally the same place we're in is the same universe, but, 
it's 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 veiled. And and actually, I mean, this you know this idea of veiled existence, veiled realities, like pops up everywhere. You know, I mean, even just like you know, there's uh, yeah, just it's it's a it's a metaphor that pops up all the time. I don't know. I'm sure. Have you ever come across like this idea of like veiled reality, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's, it's like the basis for, um, <laughs> it's, it's one of the, one of those common, um, interfaith issues. My friend, uh, sent me a little, he, he's been reading, uh, what's, what's the book? It's, uh, like Nar- Narcissus and Goldstein or something, but there's a little, you know, it's like this German romantic, uh, novel, but, uh, but oh, there's this uh, there's this little um, other passage from uh, the Zohar that I wanted to uh, bring up because it ties in with what we're talking about. What this makes me think of is uh, the capacity for human beings to encounter the divine without themselves being divine, and um, and it reminds me of uh, Ecclesiastes three eleven, uh, where. It's written, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. So our our knowledge isn't far-reaching. It's not all-knowing. We are not like God, um, but we have a longing for that, for God in our hearts. We have a longing for the divine in our hearts. And like it, it usually winds up being a positive, a net positive in our lives to try to seek that in some way or another, to try to encounter it in some way or another, though we are kept from it in a lot of ways. I think that's the key word. It's encounter. I don't think you can know it. Knowing things is intellectual. Encountering is intuitive. And, and, and then when you, when you encounter it, it, it fizzles out into wisdom. Yeah, that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is things things that you know, it's things. It's uh I don't know, dates, it's it's information. Knowledge is information and then and then wisdom is just is is absorbed. It's it becomes uh it it becomes like a, a dye into into your entire being. You're colored by it. And uh and I think what you're talking about is to, to know something with your heart. That's, that's different than knowing something with your brain, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that comes down to intuition. Intuition is, I think, encountering, you know, these more spiritual levels of reality. That's fascinating. It reminds me too of, um, Oh, you had something you wanted to read. Oh, well, so this is, this is just a little, section uh from uh from the zohar where uh well actually I, this so this is a footnote to a um a passage from the guide uh the guide for the perplexed which was a uh a book written in like what the 10 hundreds 1100 um by a very important rabbi uh maimonides he's one of the you know, premier rabbis of, uh, who like codified a lot of, uh, um, the, uh, sort of oral tradition that like kind of just put, put to words. And also like, he was really the guy who, um, 
united, I guess, like philosophy with, with religion. So he was coming from like a philosophy, uh, kind of a Greek Aristotelian background and trying to, you know, unite that with like ideas of, of spiritual spirituality that like, wasn't trying to like reduce things down to like, you know, um, you know, quantifiable like philosophy, more like he, he was trying to sort of, I think, uh, uh, um, defend, defend revelation. Basically there are things that exist still like things don't reduce down to reason and, 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 and intellect it's things are still up. There is a plane above like intellect and reason. And that's where revelation and prophecy come in. And so, but, so this is, uh, this is a, 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 a section from his book, the guide for the perplexed. So what he did in that book was he kind of went through the whole Torah and would, um, it was like a commentary on, on, on the Bible that, uh, you know, eked out like, you know, uh, more, uh, I don't know. It was it, expl, explanation isn't the right word, but it's like it's a commentary. He, he was with with everything in mind that I just explained. He he did a whole commentary of the Torah, and so, um, and that's I mean at the heart that's kind of Judaism in the in a nutshell. Just millions and millions of words of commentary. So <laughs> just commentaries on commentaries. But uh, this is. Uh, from that book, The Guide for the Perplexed. Um, do you hear that music? Uh, I hear like a little sound in the background, but not. There's, there's an impromptu like uh, show, I guess, on the street. A bunch of people <laughs> are dancing. <laughs> I mean, this is, a very, this is a very wild neighborhood. It sounds like a very lively place to live. It, it feels like a village. <laughs> Uh, here we go. Okay. So, uh, so this is from, uh, the guide for the perplexed, the guide of the perplexed, the guide of the perplexed. That's what it is. Uh, do not imagine that these great mysteries are completely and thoroughly known to any of us by no means. Sometimes truth flashes up before us with daylight brightness, but soon it is obscured by the limitations of our material nature and social habits. And we fall back into a darkness almost as black as that in which we were before. We are thus like a person whose surroundings are from time to time lit up by lightning, while in the intervals he is plunged into pitch dark night. Some of us experience such flashes of illumination frequently until they are almost perpetual brightness, so that the night turns from them, so that so that the night turns for them into daylight. That was the prerogative of the great uh, greatest of all prophets, Moses, to whom God said. But as for thee, stand thou here by me. And concerning whom scripture said, the skin of his face sent forth beams. Some see a single flash of light in the entire night of their lives. That was the state of those concerning whom it was said, they prophesied that time and never again. With others again, there are long or short intermissions between the flashes of illumination. And lastly, there are those who are not granted that their darkness be illuminated by a flash of lightning, but only, as it were, by the gleam of some polished object for, or the like of it, such as the stones and phosphorescent substances which shine in the dark night. And even that sparse light which illuminates us is not continuous, but flashes and disappears 
as if it were the gleam of the ever-turning sword. The degrees of perfection in man vary according to these distinctions. Those who have never for a moment for a moment seen the light, but grope about in their night, are those concerning whom it is said, they know not, neither will they understand, they walk on in darkness. The truth is completely hidden from them in spite of its powerful brightness, as it is also said of them, and now men see not the light which is bright in the skies. These are the, ma- these are the great mass of mankind. So, yeah. That's, uh, that's like, uh, it seems like then um, there's like this message of, well, if you are one that is in the dark and, and groping about in the night, I don't think they're saying to not keep groping, right? But right. like no. to continue to try to set your mind towards it. And some may, be, some may encounter uh, and some may not. Um, yeah, but the thing with revelation and uh, like that is that you can't, you can't find it. It comes to you, yeah. right? And and but but also the thing about groping and, and even even having an inclination to like wanna find it is that there's already some glow that's like leading you, right? Like if you're if if you're interested in it. And you're st- and and you're seeking it out, and you're talking about like what what like this entire podcast is 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 dedicated to this like you know, I mean at the foundation is like there is an awareness right, mm-hmm. and 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 that's that's uh you know you you sense of you sense a glow you know right yeah. and then there and then you can't control it and then there's something that happens in your life that's like oh just blaring like lightning like i really like the the use of the word lightning because that is such a good image because it's like we'll have flashes of lightning and then we're back in the dark but then everyone's groping in the dark but has their their individual uh experiences of the lightning and then everybody's comparing the notes of that lightning Hmm. and and in comparing everybody comparing their moments of flashes of lightning or this or that the gleams it's adding the light back up together again in a way and it's 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 compounding hopefully hopefully that's the idea that it's compounding and maybe hopefully there's like a point where it's like you know illuminated for everyone i don't know i don't know if that happens but I don't know, you, you know, we, we do end up back in the dark. That's the thing. We end up back yeah. in the dark. <laughs> we end up back in the dark, but we have those moments of the flash. And then it makes it, it's, it's tough. It's tough to be in the dark because you, you saw the flash. I mean, I'm seeing this metaphorically, but it's like, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. It's like, um, you're in the dark and someone turns the light on really quickly and it almost blinds you to the point where if you could kind of see in the dark before, um, they turn the light back off and now you can't see in the dark anymore at all. Like it makes being in the dark that much more intolerable because you've already seen some light Yeah, being driven back into that darkness. Um, and, and being again, like drawn away from the light and drawn away from the spirit or, um, drawn away from the divine is, um, that much more painful, which I guess, I think at least to me should encourage us then to continue to strive towards it, but it's not something that we can control. Right. You can't control, but here's the thing. 
you do have you do have some greater awareness and and you have other tools at your disposal so you have you have intellect you have reason you have other things these are these things are supposed to be used you have you know insight and with with that insight what do you do now what do you do this should color everything you do for the rest of your life but also in whatever way in whatever way it comes out but here's here's the passage from the zohar that i wanted to mention because this ties in um We read in the Zohar, the Torah, reveal, the Torah reveals a thought for an instant and then straight away clothes itself with another garment so that it is hidden there and does not show itself. The wise, whose wisdom makes them full of eyes, pierce through the garment to the very essence of the word that is hidden thereby. Thus, when the word is momentarily revealed in that first instant, those whose eyes are wise can see it, though it is soon hidden again. So you can sharpen the, 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 you can, you can, you can develop the, you can have the, you can develop the eyes to pierce, you know, these are things that should help sharpen those uh, senses to, uh, you know, pick it out without it having to be sort of flashed in front of you again, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. No, I think, I think you're absolutely right. And it makes me think of, um, this is sort of, this is sort of a side but um, it, it ties in, at least in my mind and my recollection of how we encounter the divine, how we encounter God. Um, one of my favorite books in the New Testament is Romans. And mm-hmm. Paul talks about um, a lot about how uh, the flesh and sin is a kind of darkness or a death and that the spirit is uh, sort of a light. And I think it's Romans 8, 5 and 6. He says, uh, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. So like your encountering of the divine, you're, you're seeing the light as it were, um, which is a loaded phrase now, I think, in, in a lot of ways in, in our culture, but um, in this metaphorical situation that we're talking about. Um, encountering it, even though we may be driven back into darkness, does expose our mind to a kind of life or um, a knowledge of, knowledge is still not the right word, a reckoning of our encounter <laughs> that, um, that mm-hmm. allows us to change ourselves and, and improve ourselves and improve our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, it's, it's, I don't know, you know, I don't know if it's about improve or it's not meant as like, it's not meant, I think as like self-improvement, but I think, I don't know. I don't know. Listen. So here's the thing. Cause I, here's the risk about talking about these things that like are very, you know, important and, and deep to you is that like you talk about them and they don't sound as they, they don't sound as as important because words fail right yeah you're right uh words fail uh and and um this is where intellectualizing or pontificating about scripture or about the divine um because we're broken because we as people are not um are not divine this is where we're going to fail um rather than a a, a life improvement like a like a self-help journey I think really what is being said 
in that passage in Romans is more about a, a sort of spiritual sense of um, peace, uh, a spiritual sense of, of um, you know, coming, uh, coming to a closer relationship with the divine, even if one doesn't always encounter it. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I think, you know, I I don't know if like the message behind the passage is like, you know, the physical is bad, the flesh is bad, because I don't think I agree with that. Because I think, you know, we I think we're we we're here in this physical realm and there's nothing we can do about it. Like we're here. We have to live in the body. Yes. We shouldn't we shouldn't degrade the body. You should take care of yourself. These are these are in, you know, you have to be healthy, you know, and. And there's, uh, there's anything like, you know, maybe these moments of things all making sense are meant to, yeah, inform the way you live now in this physical realm, because we're supposed to be in this physical realm. We're supposed to be down here in the muck, in the mud. Mm -hmm. We're, We're supposed to be in the shit, you know? That's the that's who we are as as creatures as physical bodies, right? And, and like Paul is always like vociferously in everything that he does, he is always like anti flesh. He talks about a lot. It's kind of an obsession of his. Uh, he has a big bent against like sexual, particularly uh, particular strains of sexual immorality or sexual expression. So like you always have to take that whatever he wrote with like a grain of salt. I think in that regard. Um. But you're right. I mean, we as human beings, we're human beings. We were created this way. So mm-hmm. what else are we supposed to be doing? It's not like we're, we're these like, we're these you're balls of light that are waiting to crack out. Yeah. To, no, that is, we're sanctifying yeah. blood. We're supposed to bring that spirit, spirit into, into this world. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, uh, um, you know, there's, uh, I've been talking to a lot of, I, you know, I've been getting to know everyone in the neighborhood. I've been meeting a lot of interesting Hasidic folks and rabbis. And there's, it's a very Hasidic idea that, um, we, uh, are, um, the, the purpose of, of life is to, is to smuggle holiness into the physical realm. That's what we're doing. And in, in this idea, and, and there's this idea that in like, um, humans actually in the hierarchy of like beings rank higher than angels because angels are pure spirit. And we have, spirit and and physicality we have both we have uh, this idea that the the soul is actually a bit of is is a little bit of the of the the big light it's a piece of the source we have that little piece of the source in us on this physical realm and for that reason um you know we have uh oh wow so i'm literally talking in my room and the light has been like super low and it just like shot on like it, it like it like it, it like increased volume i didn't even this light has never done that before wow. <laughs> like it's like super bright in this room now that's a really interesting idea the smuggling of the divine into the into the spirit or into the physical world um because we're not these like balls of um of holy light that are cracking out you know we're, we're human beings here but we have a connection to the divine we're at the furthest edge of, of, of creation. We're at the furthest tip, um, which is a very exciting place to be. Uh, you know, if we're talking about just from, from the, from the topmost, um, you know, source of infinite 
whatever infinity the mm-hmm. the ain't so the 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 pure purest emanation of divinity we are at the very 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 tip end of that and everything is like in a way like adding back up to something so it's like we're at the furthest tip where like this whole divine being of light presence whatever has like manifested and emanated into 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 physicality into into stuff into material and it's like it's like we're tr- we're like trekking back up we're like the furthest edge of the, the where the, it's like the light that you know from this like that like poured out mm. you know like a like a cup falling over and like you know the water spreads all across like a cloth we're at the very edge of that cloth like trudging back up <laughs> to the source i love that image yeah and it's uh and it's 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 very far off but it's like that's the it's like we 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 came into this physical realm with this like little little piece of 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 the spark and it's like it's it's uh return it's it's bringing that light back up into like lighting up this physical realm like it reilluminating this physical realm which is the furthest edge the darkest edge it's the it's it's the mud it's the muck but like can you light up the muck <laughs> how do we uh i don't know i mean you just you just know when you are like i don't know like you know you've had those nice warm moments with with friends with people i don't i i, I honestly don't know i mean that i guess that's what uh different people have different answers i you know if uh if 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 you're Jewish, you say you study the Torah and do mitzvahs. <laughs> I mean, the idea is that the Torah is 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 613 commandments, and you fulfill all the commandments, and you bring about the messianic age. I mean, that's simplifying things, obviously, but it's like it really comes down to what you do. It's the action. But then there's you can get nitpicky and say, well, you can bypass all of that by simply studying Torah, or you can simply do this or that. But it's like honestly, look. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, this is really, it's very simple. It's very simple. And it's also very hard, but it's like, you, you, you love the, you love your neighbors. You love yourself. That is, there's this old story about, um, uh, Rabbi Hillel. He was like a very important, uh, ancient sage. Um, some guy like went up to him and was like, I don't know anything about the Torah. Uh, I want you to explain the whole Torah. Like, how would you explain the whole Torah? Uh, standing on one leg and in one sentence or something like that. I don't know. It's like something it's kind of the parables like that. And he, he, he stands on one leg and he says, uh, don't do anything hateful that you would want done unto yourself. And it's like, you know, everything compressed down to that. It's like, it, it is simple. It's like, that is the message of, you know, Christianity, right. You know, love, love your neighbor. Right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Jesus said that exact love your neighbor as you know, love, love the Lord, your God and love your neighbor as yourself. It's, it's a very simple, actually, I think that that is the most effective way of bringing the light into the muck is to, to express, uh, to express love, uh, to one another, to, um, uh, to cultivate, um, a, a world where love reigns rather than darkness or hatred or violence.
that it's, um, I mean, sure, prayer helps. Studying scripture is a great way to try to better understand the the correct posture of love, to to better understand the correct uh, the correct ways to you know acknowledge, uh, appreciate, express love, and to understand God's love. But like all we can really do in this world is that right. No, I, I really do think that's why we were cre- we're we're here. We're we were created out of love and to love. Like, but for real, like that, it comes. It all comes down to love. Like, it really does come down to that. Like, oh my gosh, that is why we're here. We're we're here to love and to be loved. It's uh it sounds so simple, doesn't it? Well, no, I mean, the thing, love is very difficult, you know, you just, and there's all forms of it. You know, you have very intense, passionate, romantic love, and then you have, it, it, there's all forms. Well, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, one of my favorite lines of poetry is uh, William Blake uh, verse. Where he goes like, uh, we are put on this earth, uh, we are put on this earth a little space that we may learn to bear the beams of love. I mean, it, it, it takes a whole life to learn how to bear, to bear it. I mean, the word bear is, is, is key bear. Like it's heavy. It's tough beams. Beams can burn beams of, of you stand outside of the sun too much. You're going to burn up, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the whole life you live is like an exercise and trying to, you know, withstand it. Cause it could, it, it, it can warm you up and then it could destroy you. It could, it could, uh, it's, it's a whole exercise in trying to, you know, live in love and to pass it on and to just like, but actually just like, I don't know. It's tough. It's very tough. Yeah. I think this is why we strive for a better understanding of the divine is because in, in our lives, we encounter all kinds of, of, we encounter all kinds of things that keep us from loving (laughs) keep Mm. us from from um reacting in a from a position of love uh keep us from operating out of love and instead we get mired in um revenge and we get mired in um anger and we get mired in wrath and jealousy and um and god is none of those things. Now we don't know exactly what God is, right? It's impossible to define God, but we know that God is not uh, the the negative forces in our lives that destroy us, that demolish us, that 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 eat our hearts from the inside. Yeah, it's like, and it, a lot of those things end up being like letting the material overtake us, and it's you know, um, you know, money or you know. It all, it all comes down rooted. It's like rooted in, I guess the things that it's the overgrowth of the physical world. It's like these overgrowths. When there's a balance, I think that's kind of what Paul was talking about in that passage in Romans that I was referring to. It's not just our physical bodies that we need to escape. Mm -hmm. Um, And this isn't a concept that he, you know, he was a, he was a Pharisee long before he was a a Christian that, that this came out of, of um of old testament teachings as well that like um that we are in this world and we have um we have 
a responsibility in this world, or we have um, a presence and existence in this world that we can't necessarily shake loose from, but our eternal soul has more, um, how do I say this? <laughs> this is a tricky one. This is slippery. Um, our, our eternal souls are programmed for more and greater, despite the fact that we are who we are, where we are. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best way I can put it. <laughs> like the, you know, destined for greater after this life or within this life. I, I, I think both. I think both. Yes. And. I yeah. Cause it's like, you know, there's a, you know, there's these, those moments in your life that are just truly exceptional. I, it's just word, you know, words are dumb. Words are dumb when you try to start to like describe these moments, but it's like, you know, like going back to Norm, he's like, he's overtaken by like the overwhelming, you know, beauty of, of life or something, whatever he said. And it's like, you, we are you know, like swept away on these, on those moments. And it's like, uh, those, uh, those moments can only happen because of everything else that is terrible. <laughs> it's like, you know, talking about the highest moments require the, 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 the base of, of, of the complete opposite. You know, it's the, 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 the pain and the, and the suffering and the bad. It's like, it's like they, they, uh, they, um, undergird each other. Like you can't have one without the other. And it's like, it's, it's in a sick way. Sick is not, maybe not the right word, but in a, but yeah, in a sick way, the soul actually like loves that in mm-hmm. a way. Maybe it's like the soul can't get enough. It's <laughs> like the soul. No, the soul has been to the highest high up there you know quote unquote up there and it's like it's like it knows it can't have these most like supreme moments without like being just like thrown into like blood and shit and mud (laughs) and like you know this this place where this can only happen because it's like it's almost like yeah it's it's like the 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 pain and the sickening like the sick gross stuff and painful stuff of this world is like the thing that like shoots it back up into like i don't know the most like supreme uh it's like a roller coaster like this whole world is a roller coaster and the soul keeps jumping back on like it's like it's like we're not it you know it's it's you know maybe it's you know this idea that's like reincarnation is punishment it's like maybe that's not the case maybe it's like the soul just can't get enough and it's like this is the only place where like you know those moments that i i've like you know talked about like they can only happen in this world Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean because it's this is going back to the veils um to the the shrouds the things that we were talking about earlier there has to be a separation um, from the divine 
in order for something to be encountering the divine, right? If, it, if we weren't in some way shrouded, then it would all be light. Mm-hmm. Um, and we as human beings experience any number of painful, uh, humiliating, um, disgusting, horrifying, or otherwise <laughs> um, difficult things in our lives. And in those, if even in those, we can witness, we can experience God in some form and the spirit in some form, then like that alone to me is proof of, of God. That, that alone to me is proof of the divine. That alone to me is proof that um, we are not necessarily um, bound for eternity here. That, um, that there would not be this notion of, of God in our hearts if this is where we were going to spend forever. That's where, I guess that's kind of where my argument for the afterlife comes from, is that it feels to me like, uh, yes, we were created as human beings and we serve a purpose as human beings. And, and um, well, some of us serve more of a purpose than others. Uh, there are days where I feel purposeless. Thing, even, even, even the person <laughs> but, that's going to is there for, for a reason, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the, the thief in the kingdom of, of God even has a place in the, in the whole hierarchy and the whole plan of things, you know? Yeah. The thief is as, as much, uh, you know, partaking in God's plan as the, whatever the opposite of a thief is. A giver. The giver, sure. <laughs> but I think that um, the, the moments of light, the, if, if we can tie in the psalm um, just a little bit, because sure. this is kind of circling back to a portion of Psalm 24 and 5 and 6, our desire to, I'm going to skip over the part about clean hands and a pure heart because that language is slippery. Um, who defines a pure heart, what that means, is difficult other than what we discussed as far as love. But our striving towards the encounter, our trying to better understand God, even if we'll never really know, is what brings us our blessing. It says in 5 and 6, He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of His salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek Him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Like, um, it's, it's, uh, it's not like a reward system, right? That, that language is too transactional, but it does feel like in our drive, in our desire comes our blessing, comes our experience, comes our witness. Yeah. And, and, and I think like the thing that is very important is like what you do with it. Yeah. You You keep it to yourself you ignore it, you become, you know, you let the, you, you, you let the hand cover your face or like, um, or do you, you know, it has to like color the, the rest of your life it has to like come out. And, it, and, and that doesn't mean that's, you know, obviously, and this is where religion has really been kind of annoying is like, you know, it, you know, corny religious you know inspirational text or whatever like (laughs) christian rock or whatever but no i mean think about like every major you know 
piece of art or beautiful like piece of literature music like even like music you wouldn't think is like oh like uh inspired like most of that stuff is like is inspired by some sort of spiritual i it's you know i don't want to use religious language but it's like you're 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 encountering something i'm using the capital s in that word something (laughs) and it's 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 inspiring you to do something uh it's uh it's just i mean yeah i don't know like i don't know there um there was a bit in that uh and that's uh, that writing on the Zohar that you'd sent me that included the Ezekiel passage that we talked about earlier and and this Psalm 24 that mentioned these notions of like uh, the undefinable, that art, intellect, God, these undefinables are all kind of like interconnected. And yeah. in those things that we cannot define in their purest expression is God. And so, like, that's why when we listen to a song that is so beautiful and captivating that we feel goosebumps, you know, like we we can almost experience, it feels like we can experience God in that moment is because that is the unknowable is that. That is the spirit. Exactly. It's, yeah, I am glad you brought it back because it's, uh, that is, so, (laughs) yeah. Everything is connected. Everything is interconnected. Uh, you're not going to get to some formulation or some experience of God through one very, uh, everything is, 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 uh, is constricting when you're trying to think or, or, or talk or whatever, uh, uh, hear, see the infinite. Nothing, nothing can, 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 you know, help us with this. Uh, you, you can't get to, you can't get to the, 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 the absolute directly. It is impossible Yeah. to get to the, it, it's, the, it's indirect. It's, it's between, it's between, it's between everything. It's between everything. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's the gates. It's the between, it's the, it's in between everything, everything that is, that is, everything that is, had to stop there, had to stop at the is, everything that is, <laughs> yeah. was, will be, everything that is, is, and, and uh, with our five senses, that's all we have to try to, you know, um, perceive, it, it, it's, you know, you have to be very like just tuned in, but like it, it's, 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 uh, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. Words fail. Words fail, <laughs> fail. But listen, it's, it's, yeah, you know, just it's in between. Yeah. It's in between everything. It's, it's in the, in between. I mean, like there's this idea that's like, um, uh, well, no, this is, this is, this is, this is where, you know, uh, I was reading this, uh, this essay about, uh, um, Walter Benjamin, you know, uh, he's like a German philosopher 
and uh, Hannah Hannah Arendt wrote this uh, essay about him, and and, and uh, I think she was like quoting him or something. But um, he mentions like mighty is the fortress of God, and the only way to really um, shine a light on the invisible is through metaphor. Metaphorical thinking is is the only way you can really get at some glimpse of the divine mm. or, or truth or whatever. It's, it's fragmentary thinking, you know, it's between like, it's like juxtaposition. It's the way like things align in a certain moment at a certain time. And then it's like, boom, flash of, 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 of this a flash of the divine. It's uh it's, it's like moments you least expect, or it's, it's, you know, in a, it's in a crevice, it's in a corner. It's, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. And like going back to metaphor, like metaphor is like, is joining together, like, um, things that you think wouldn't, you know, match or something. And it's, 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 it's like, uh, metaphor is, is, is the meeting place between two opposite things or two different things. And that meeting place is, that in between, in between those two things is like the moment. It's the flash of it. It's the, it's the gates. It's like the gate between two um, things. This is getting very, it's too, this is too abstract. Cause <laughs> I mean, yeah, again, this is, you know, this is, this is where we're, we, it's hard to talk about this stuff, but it's, it's, uh, and that's why so much scripture and so much of, you know, um, uh, so much of uh scripture is 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 very like tight small like you know pithy uh because it's it's all packed in it's all packed into it these these things have to be like seeds they can't be uh you know ornate language i mean that's not how it happens like so much of uh biblical writing is uh god said god said (laughs) Simply so says the yeah. So says the Lord. I think is what. <laughs> so says the Lord. It's like, but like, there's a moment in like you know when like, um, you know Moses came down from the mountain, <laughs> and and he said God said, but his light his face was 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 uh, beaming light. It's like, you know, all he can say is God said. Like that's all you can say. That's all you can say. Like once you come down from it, it's like oh yeah, uh, God said this. <laughs> <laughs> um it's uh yeah i mean you got it's 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 uh, all of this is 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 very you know contradictory paradoxical thinking it's yeah yeah i mean yeah words get words get you in trouble words get you uh, uh trip you up this is why I think something I really appreciate about the Jewish tradition is the the amount of a continued writing uh, that is accepted and and discussed and and read uh, the analysis. You know what I mean? Like this mm-hmm. this um, that the the notion of God was so slippery in 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 the Bible that 
that we could continue talking about it forever. And the metaphors that people come up with to describe God and describe God's love and forgiveness and grace and power, that like those fail, like any words fail. So all we can continue to do is try to continue to parse out. And um, because we don't have uh, any any prophets like Isaiah and Ezekiel (laughs) anymore, and anyone that says that they are probably full of shit, that like those those encounters are going to come in in much different ways and much more abstract ways and 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 much less uh, much less tangible ways, and so it is important to continue to write and to continue to consider and to continue to philosophize and um, and imagine God, and in that way we will continue to experience God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's actually, you know, I mean, Judaism as a, as a religion is, is, is what I love about reading. Like what I love about so much of the tradition is that like, it's a continued, um, everyday, like, uh, retelling of the entire history of, 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 of people trying to, uh, grasp the infinite. You know, we read about like kings and like, you know, petty squabbles and political upheavals and political struggles in like in in like an ancient time. And it's like, you know, this is like how people were trying to conceive of the ultimate infinite. Mm-hmm. And it's like it comes out as, you know, a a a, a fatherly, commanding, um, harsh you know, vengeful, wrathful, uh, presence, because like, that's how, you know, and, and just cause just how, how, you know, cause also society back then, just everything trickling in how hit, you know, the, you know, the mind of man at that time could only conceive of like, you know, uh, appealing this presence with like, you know, uh, sacrifice, animal sacrifices mm-hmm. and this and that. And it's, uh, and then you get to like, um, the prophets and and you have like the prophets that are saying like, listen, God doesn't want your, your, your burnt offerings. Like, just like stop stealing from each other. Stop this, <laughs> stop doing this, stop uh, killing. Don't kill your first son to uh, appease God. God doesn't need you to kill your firstborn son. And, yeah. uh, and, and it's like, it's like uh spiritualized history. It's, it's the nitty gritty of like, you know, you know, history and, and material, like, you know, uh, specifics about like specific little, like knots on a, on a piece of cloth down to like the nitty gritty. And it's like, and all, all of these are like attempts to just like make sense of, of the transcendent of like, you know, something that is truly beyond, uh, thinking con- concept and, and, and physicality, everything it's, it's, it's the ultimate it's the infinite i mean it's it's and 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 the way that just like washed through all of history um and how that uh that continued evolution um into uh into into what i don't know i mean <laughs> you know the idea is that this is marching somewhere the the whole mess of history and 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 like the accrued life 
and and everything is 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 ideally to some place and that's the idea is like the messianic age mm. and the messianic age what is that i i think it's 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 when everybody is fully turned on fully fully turned on to um and like fully seeped into this idea of just like it comes down to loving your neighbor as you love yourself like but like just think about what that really means like think about the things you love like i was thinking about this like i love chocolate you know this is a very simple very basic i love chocolate <laughs> well then why what and th- and and this re- this reminds me of like a lot of the jewish old men that i knew growing up it's like they always carried around candies and they just like hand out little candies to like the kids it's like wait i love chocolate why don't i just carry around chocolate give give chocolate to like you know stranger that's walking around like it's a, like a little that's a little thing obviously it's a little tiny thing but it's like yeah i mean it's like if i was uh you know moving and uh needed help moving like i'd want a friend to you know help me move like well like uh somebody needs help moving like i'd offer up my help i don't know it's it, it, it that the idea of loving your neighbors you love yourself needs to like needs to inform every single thing you do. And when that love, when that love like proliferates throughout that, I think in the Christian tradition, it's like the, the coming of the kingdom of God, like the return of the kingdom of God, basically, you know, some people see, like, see it as the rapture or like the second coming of Christ, the judgment or whatever. I've always seen it as more of like, a, this is a realization of, uh, the it's way that way. we are supposed exactly. to lead, live. Yeah. I mean, like this is a returning basically to the way of life in Eden um, before it all kind of got screwed up. Well, then that goes back to, yeah. Have you ever had a moment where you've, you thought, oh, oh, I'm back in Eden? <laughs> have you? Not, not in this life. I've had some great moments, but <laughs> not anything quite so. Uh, I've, I've never completely lost my shame, I think is the main problem. That's the, that's the bit about Eden that, uh, that seems to hang with me. You, you know, we're, we're we're still in the garden. Yeah, yeah, but the uh, but the, the the way of life changed, right? When the when original the original sin was committed, uh, suddenly we we recognized our nakedness. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We're still in the garden. We just lost we lost the perception of it. We're we're occluded to it, but we're still there. Yeah, we're and, we're still in it. So in your language, the messianic age, that would be a return to the, the peaceful uh, way of life, the, the, the loving way of life. No pain, no discord, no, um, no self-consciousness, no shame, just love and peace and, and um, you know, harmonious existence. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe. I'm still trying to figure that out, but I, I, I do, I do know that we're still in the garden and, and, and what, what leads, what makes us think, I mean, the, the, the expulsion is, is, is the, the, the dulled senses the, the veils, the mm-hmm. veils have, have fallen over, but like the, the garden is, we're still in the garden. We're still there. Um, wow. <laughs> that kind of just washed over me. <laughs> there's, there's no way. Here's the thing. There's no way I can explain this without 
there's the, I don't have a word for it, but I have a hand gesture. I have a hand gesture to prove that we're still in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> Can you describe the hand gesture? <laughs> um, it's like, uh, it's, it's, it's like, uh, a hand opening up. It's like a, a hand make it like, like kind of the, 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 the way your hand forms when you're picking up like sand and then like, but not picking up sand. So you're just like holding it up and then you're just kind of opening it up. You're just like, you're just making a hole kind of in, 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 in the, in, in the, uh, in, in, in the veil. And, and cause the thing is, it's not, it's not, it's not three dimensionally, you know, a, it's not, a, it's not a factor of, of space. It's not a factor of like, Oh, over there. I mean, the whole, you know, cosmos is a, is proof that there's you know uh this this universe is is immense and expansive but here's the thing god is near at hand that's in a whole bunch of, this is like a, a phrase i've seen in like a bunch of scriptures and even like poetry it's like god god is god is near at hand god is like even in like the the closer than you can ever even imagine and god god is also far away god is is beyond but that's the thing with this with this sort of thing is that it's it's you know it's paradoxes destroying each other and and keeping each other like the foundations of each other but god is is transcendent and god is near and it's like okay well what does that mean okay well what if then it's like there is it's not a thing. It's not a matter of space, but it's a matter of, 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 uh, of what's literally right in front of you. Like it's, it's, it's like a sheen is just like literally right in front of, in front of everything. No, it's not like a sheen. I don't mean like a film, but it's like a, it's a, uh, it's a brightness, not a brightness. It's, it's, it comes down to the senses. I, it's, it's, it's right it's just like everything that is in front of us is, is layered. It's, it's uh, coated over in a way or something. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I, you know, uh, William Blake, he's, uh, you know, I would say William Blake is, 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 it might be a, a, a cousin of the prophets, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to call him, I'm not going to be sacrilegious or, or her- heretical and say William Blake is a prophet, but, William Blake definitely, uh, quote unquote, got it. Uh, he's like to see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a, in a wild f- and a heaven in a wild wildflower hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. Like that's that's what that's it. That's what's going on. Hmm. That's what I'm talking about. He he he's that's it. That's it. I think no matter how dark it can feel in whatever existence we are in, like that's an important thing to remember that the, that God is around and in and through everything that God is not only very far away, but God is in our every moment in every room. Uh, And I suppose that's why it should inform how we behave. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird because it's like wouldn't the you know wouldn't an all you know this infinite 
ultimate beyond all comprehension thing, like not care about action and, 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 and behavior. And it's like, well, that's one way to think, but it's like, but, but we still have, we still develop some sort of, once we develop some sort of perception of that, what what comes with that is a sense of self awareness too and morality. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is weird because it's like, okay, well then does this thing not want me to do certain things or want me to do certain things? It's like, it's like, and, 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 and the answer is yes. It's like, it's like, you're not going to want to be awful to someone. Why be awful to someone? Like, that's not part. It's like, it becomes like this sort of, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think I do. I mean, just, just be chill. Just be normal. I don't know. God wants you to be normal. God wants you to be normal. He wants you to chill. Yeah. He's, uh, he's cool. He's cool with you. Just be cool. Um, there's a, do you know who Kenneth Patchen is? No. He's a great, uh, poet. He wild poet, but, um, he, uh, he has this one book called uh, sleepers awake, which is like a wild book where it like, it, it'll blow up. It's like a book that's like, that blows. It's a, it's a book that's also like a bomb. Like the text blows up. It turns into like strange concrete, like poetry where like the words now become like architecture in the pages. And then it's like different sized font on the pages. Um, but, uh, I want to pull up a, uh, a uh, page that I have uh, I took a photo of from the book because I think it's fantastic. Um, all right, so this is from Sleepers Awake. This is Kenneth Patchen. They told me you couldn't believe. I said you could. I, I said a person could believe. Hang on, wait, let me repeat that. So yeah, so this is, uh, this is Kenneth Patchen. They told me you couldn't believe. I said you could. I said a person could believe if he got to know his own capacity for belief. Not things to believe in, hell no, but how much of the throne he could glimpse in himself and how willing he was to let his brothers, however rotten and evil, sit on that throne. It's a long way to the morning, but there's no law against talking in the dark. That's what this, that's what this whole podcast is. Uh, <laughs> talking in the dark. Yeah. Uh, it's literally dark in the room that I'm in right now. Too. Yeah, no, and, yeah, and I was in a, in a dimly lit room and the light just shot on in the middle of our conversation. Uh, ghosts, damn it. Let it run. But the, the devil knows what to do with his furry prick. What a scrugging the old world got in that direction. Eh? Purity, purity is the only thing can stop the bleeding now hmm. ever thought what you do if suddenly there wasn't any point anymore in sucking around all the time if suddenly your cell doors popped open and the sun a woman a man to feel it to feel it know it oh god damn wouldn't that be a pretty well frankly i'm on your side if you're on mine count on that will you please and then this is in big text a uh, big font long live human beings <laughs> i love that yeah. What was his, what was that name of that uh, poet again? Uh, Kenneth Patchen. Kenneth Patchen. But yeah, no, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's true. You know, uh, uh, to know his own capacity for belief, not things to believe in, but how much of the throne he could glimpse in himself 
And that goes back to the Zohar passage. It's, uh, you know, the, the, this idea that the capacity to grasp the divine comes down to the, the ability to realize it within yourself. And it's your own level of insight. Um, everything ties together. Everything's connected. That's the thing with this stuff. It's like every, all the millions and billions of words and all the music, everything is getting at the same thing. And it's, uh, it's beautiful. And it comes down to also very simple, basic things that's so simple but also very difficult that's the whole paradox of life simple but difficult easy but hard uh painful but pleasurable all this stuff it's like that's why it's crazy can make you go a little crazy when you start to think about it too much but it's uh you know i don't know just uh love your neighbor as you love yourself. Is that what it's all getting at? I don't know. If, no, nothing is getting at to anything. That's the thing. <laughs> That's the thing. Nothing is getting at to anything. Just, uh, um, really enjoy your life. And I don't know. I don't know what else. I'm not sure. Well, I think that's all it is. Yeah. And how we express that is different across faith traditions and it's different across belief systems and it's different across cultures and ways of life. And, and, um, but like love is kind of love, right? Mm -hmm. There's very few things in this world that are universal across cultures and love is one of those things. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why we're here, but that's, that's kind of my own personal insight. That's my own little, uh, thing that I gleaned from the from the flash well i think it's a damn fine insight mm -hmm. yeah it's like it's like it's hey listen <laughs> it's uh god said it's like lo love is why we're here like, <laughs> god, god said, said it, it <laughs> from the horse's mouth yeah <laughs> uh well i hate to i hate to cut us cut us off but i think i'm out of time i no, I good. love this conversation. I, I think it was amazing. And um, though we didn't get to very much scripture, I feel like we talked in a, in a way that reflected the scripture that we were kind of talking about um, yeah. in a lot of ways. And I, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Do you have a, do you have anything you want to plug anything you want to throw out there for people or social media or whatever? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, it's, uh, um, what do I need? No, I mean, I, there's, there's not just, uh, you know, uh, do something nice for someone. <laughs> yeah. Just love each other. Right. <laughs> if I can leave yeah, you well, with anything. Funny, so there's, there's a, there's, in that same Kenneth Patchen book, he, he's like going on a real wild, wild, like, like, uh, aside. And, he like puts a bunch of asterisks and in big letters, he says, stop reading this book and do something nice for someone today. So if anything, I pass that message on. <laughs> so there you have it. Stop listening and do something nice for someone. That's the message. <laughs> I have a, I have a poem to close us out this week. Uh, it is by, Minnie Louise Haskins, uh, it's commonly referred to as the gate of the year, although the original poet titled it God Knows. 
So, heart, be still. What need our little life, our human life, to know if God hath comprehension? In all the dizzy strife of things, both high and low, God hideth his intention. God knows. His will is best. The stretch of years which wind ahead, so dim to our imperfect vision, are clear to God. Our fears are premature. In him all time hath full provision. Then rest until God moves to lift the veil from our impatient eyes, when, as the sweeter features of life's stern face, we hail, fair beyond all surmise, God's thought around his creatures, our mind shall fill. Thanks, everybody. From a distance you look like my friend Even though we are at war From a distance